RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. I want to welcome to Reality Check Radio somebody that you've probably heard of before. I certainly have, Edward Dowd. He's a founding partner of Finance Technologies, a global macro alternative investment firm. He's also the author of the new book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, and former equity portfolio manager for BlackRock. I'm going to ask him a question about about BlackRock in just a moment. Hedge fund guru I have here on the totalityofevidence.com website, his description, and uh, he's probably witnessed quite a few frauds in his career, I'm picking. Entering the COVID pandemic in 2020, he and his financial community colleagues were already wondering when the post-2008 big global debt party would end, and they were trying to figure out what would occur to usher it in. Ed Dowd, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me on today, Paul. Appreciate it. Okay, and I think you're beaming out of your home. Is it in Maui, Hawaii? Is that correct? Maui, Hawaii. I'm in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. Well, we're a bit further down, obviously. Yes, you are. Sort of in the yes, neighborhood. You are. I was going to ask you, BlackRock, first up. Our prime minister was filmed coming out of the headquarters of BlackRock, now former prime minister, within the year in New York. What would she have been doing in there, do you think? I have no idea. So I, I haven't been at BlackRock for 12 years. They weren't as big as they are today. I left uh, at the at the end of their acquisition spree and they grew, you know, after their the last acquisition, they had like four trillion in assets. Now they're, I think, approaching 10. Wow. They're just a big player in the financial world. And uh, her reason for the visit could be multi multi fold, you know, maybe uh, placing government bonds for New Zealand. Um, maybe a, a job. She told him, I'm going to quit. Do you have a job for me? Who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, she, she, she's going to land, she has to land somewhere. And, uh, she has a lot of con the way, the way big companies like this work is they like to hire people from governments. So they have inroads into the, into the workings of the inner bureaucracy so they can, you know, get, know who to talk to and how to get business done. That could be as simple as that. It could be more nefarious, but honestly, I don't know, but she definitely, um, you know, going going to BlackRock uh, is an interesting uh, uh, visit for sure. Yeah. I had to ask, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So probably in the Western countries, English-speaking Western countries and some of the European countries, the, the experiences are sort of similar. And I want to get into the data. But first of all, um, I mentioned that, you know, big global debt party, when would it end? Has it ended or is it about to end? It's in the process of ending. Um, what really kept the the, uh, the party going uh, longer than it should have, it was starting to collapse in the fall of 2019, and we were about to experience deflation. Then COVID hit, and COVID was a war. Uh, one of the ways you, bankers uh, have, a, have, a, have a saying, inflate or die. Inflation is good for uh, bankers. Deflation is bad. That's when they go out of business. So um, we were trying to figure this all out, and then COVID hit, and at the you know I thought that they'd start a, in a, a war somewhere to reinflate the global economies, but instead there was a COVID war, and the and the war was this: uh, we had to fight a virus, and we had to print unprecedented amounts of money, which is debt creation, and all the global governments did the same thing. So for a temporary period of time, we inflated the hell out of uh, 
the economies, true inflation started rising. Uh, and uh, it, it gave a little bit of life to the party, but the party is now rolling over again. And now we have monetary growth, M2, as measured by the Federal Reserve, rolling year-over-year uh, -year negative growth, minus 5% at the moment, which is the first time this has happened since 1930. So what that says is that the, uh, there's defaults going on, there's credit contraction, and uh, it's coming to fruition. We're, we're projecting a big recession in the third and fourth quarter of this year in the U.S., and uh, the only thing that's keeping people um, from uh, recognizing there is a recession in the U.S. is the fact the stock market is still holding in there. But we, we think that party will end soon. So uh, it's going to become pretty apparent uh, to everybody that uh, we're going to be in a deep recession in the next three to six months. And uh, they're going to have to keep this thing going. They have to create another uh, reason to spend. Uh, there's, been, there's been a lot of uh, floating of aliens lately, and that, that would be a government spending bonanza because we'd all have to unite to uh, spend money to thwart the alien threat. So the system that we have needs constant uh, credit creation. And one of the ways to get out of deflationary problems is war. We had the Civil War, which was inflationary. Uh, then we had uh, World War I. That was inflationary. Then there was deflation. Then we had World War II. That was inflationary. And then then the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, and we became the world reserve currency. So this party has been extended um, for 78 years since we became the world reserve currency. But you know we've extended global dollar-denominated debt to the four corners of the globe, and it needs constant growth. So it, it's 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 kind of we're kind of at this uh, multi-generational uh, turning point where they're going to have to do something with uh, the global debt. They're going to have to do a reset of some kind. That's why they talked about the Great Reset. And they're going to have to want to usher in the central bank digital currency as one of the ways to, quote unquote, solve the problem. Um, I, see, I see the IMF came out today and, and basically said out loud that uh, it would have to be uh, interoperable in CBDC, which means global. Right. So that's, that's correct. The correct. And, and, and without cash, every one of your transactions is monitored. It's, it's a technocrat's dream to tax everything that you do. Uh, the climate uh, stuff is basically a way to tax uh, the individual and 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 support all this debt. So there's all sorts of uh, scams going on across the globe. One of which uh, was, you know, I don't know whether COVID was manufactured to use as an excuse. I wasn't in the room, but what I do know is it gave the system a couple more years of life before it starts uh, deflating again. And now we're in the process of deflating. So we need another. Uh, big spending bonanza again globally to keep this thing going. You mentioned aliens. Um, are you talking about uh, illegal immigrants or actual aliens? No, there's 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 a lot of um, news stories making it into the mainstream news about aliens and alien sightings. And there was a big to do in Las Vegas recently where there was some supposedly an alien in the backyard. And normally, <laughs> news mainstream media ignores these, but now they're propagating these stories, which suggests to me that. If there is an alien invasion, I won't believe it unless an alien sticks his uh, hand through my chest. Yeah, that, but that's so bizarre to go to, well, I suppose with all the science fiction and everything, we've, we've kind of been prepped for it, but it's so bizarre to go to that level, isn't it? It's Well, I, I don't think, I think it's one of the, the paths I might take. I think a more- Well, even the possibility um, of it. Yeah, I think another path would likely be more a conflict with China and Taiwan. And then, you know, that would create all sorts of tensions and we'd all have to ramp up our military spending. And that would, you know, that would that would keep the dead party going. And there's a, a war currently in Ukraine 
which the West seems to be heavily involved in and not letting up in a kind of a, or an irrational way, depending on, on which side you're on or, or what information you're getting. Is that an on-ramp potentially? Well, to, that, to... That's an on-ramp. That's an on-ramp to conflict with Russia. Eventually it's a proxy war at the moment. Hmm. Uh, it came out recently, I think in a, uh, in, in the mainstream news that uh, Boris uh, Johnson and someone else thwarted the Ukrainian peace deal that was offered in April, somebody from the state department. Uh, of the U.S. So there was a peace deal on the table, and that was uh, kiboshed to keep this thing going. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've seen a quote from you somewhere or something you said that anything that comes out of China is is because China's decided it, it comes out. Well, that COVID virus came out of China, and uh, there was a lot of uh, air travel that went unchecked for a while, so it was well distributed. Was that a willful, do you think, export of that particular don't, don't know if it was willful, but I will tell you the timeline that was established about when COVID hit was all lies in the beginning. I knew it was lies because here on Maui, given our uh, you know closeness to Asia and all the visitors we get, COVID was definitely here in the fall, uh, late fall, early winter of 2019. Everybody was coming down with a, with a, 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 a flu they couldn't shake. It, there was no fear because it wasn't. We weren't told to be afraid. No one I knew really died, but it, it, it was a bad flu and people were taken out. Then, um, uh, you know, the lockdowns happened and there was no COVID really on the island of Maui or most of Hawaii compared to the rest of the globe. Not because we locked down, but because we'd already built up herd immunity to it, is my speculation. So COVID was here on the island of Maui, I believe, in the late, late fall, early winter. Now the timeline is getting pushed back. You know, there was supposedly some war games in China that some U.S. military uh, personnel may have gotten COVID. So, you know, we were lied to in the beginning. I knew we were being lied to. So it definitely probably originated in China is my guess. And it's spread out unchecked and for a while. And if you remember, uh, maybe you don't because you're uh, of your uh, geographic location. But in the U.S., a lot of the Democrats came out and said, don't worry about this. Go out and party. Go out and see people like they, they encouraged you to go out in like February to you know probably get the thing. Okay. Um, and then there's the um, involvement on the American side of Fauci and, and Dazak and those guys um, who were involved in that. So it seems it's bigger than just China. Is China just a convenient place to do that? I'm just you know trying to get your understanding of, of what you think about this. Or was that a collusion that purposefully resulted in what happened? Well, who knows? But what I do know is this, is that we had a... a, a um, Bioweapons Act on the books in, in the 1980s. And Fauci, it was found out that Fauci's NIH was doing gain-of-function research. Obama apparently told him to stop it. And what he then did was outsource it to China. And so his gain-of-function research that he was funding was outsourced to China. And uh, somehow it, it, it either leaked accidentally or was released on purpose. I wasn't in the room. Doesn't right. matter. It was used as an excuse. Okay, we'll get to um, some of the data points that um, I want to talk about with you shortly. W what is your feeling? I mean, I know you weren't in the room, but when you start to look at the peace parts of this, <laughs> you almost can't write the script. Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a tweet thread in uh, May of 2020 that's pinned to the top of my Twitter 
at Dowd Edward. And I basically wrote a movie script. I, I couched it in terms of a movie script because if I said this is what I believed happened, people would call me crazy. But I basically said uh, exactly everything that would that, that happened would come true, and it did. I basically predicted vaccine passports. I predicted. I said that a global debt crisis was coming. They used COVID to lock down, uh, prevent protests. They were going to collapse the economy and uh, usher in, uh, you know, control. Then they would vaccinate people. The vaccinated people would get sick and blame the unvaccinated. That all happened. And uh, again, I said that it, I, I called it a movie script for a dystopian movie trailer. And I said the movie begins in uh, uh, in, in in the beginning of 2022. So it was a one of those dystopian movies. You know the things they write in the beginning of a dystopian movie to set up the scene. Yeah. I, that was what the, I set up the scene. And the, yeah. and sure enough, in two, at the beginning of 2022, dystopia did arrive. I mean, in, in the late 2021, uh, the fever pitch of, uh, of locking up the unvaccinated in the U.S. Uh, came to a head. But then uh, it, it, it soon appeared that the vaccine was not working. So everybody kind of hushed on that for a while. But now we know the vaccine has caused unmitigated damage and effectively poisoned a lot of people. The good news is uh, th this thing was done so haphazardly and, ha and the vaccine had to be stored at a very low temperature, minus 78 degrees. If it was left out on the counter or it was in trucks for too long, it degraded. So a lot of people are, are going to hopefully be unaffected. But those who got the shot, the actual delivery system, the mRNA lipid nanoparticle that delivered the spike protein, that those are the ones who appear to be having problems. Right. Um, then they closed all the exits to um, access to any any treatment or anything and 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 pointed everyone like, you know like sheep in a you know one of those you know getting them on the truck into one way. That seemed to be that was odd. Yeah, so 500,000 people died excessively in the U.S. in 2020. They were mostly old, and they had a lot of comorbidities. They were denied early treatment, and early treatment like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were demonized uh, because there is a, uh, a little-known law in the U.S. that you can't issue a vaccine under emergency youth authorization, which is what the COVID vaccine is, uh, without... You, you can't issue one if there's other available treatments uh, around. And there were, but they were suppressed so they could make way for the vaccine. And it's 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 uh, starting to come out that probably a lot of people need, needlessly died in 2020 that could have been helped. But that was, that was still an incredible thing to do, to deny. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's a crime. It needs to be, again, uh, I don't have access to all the emails that went back and forth, but I'm pretty sure at this point it was a crime. And, and, and also, they were in cover mode. And also the confidence expressed by health officials and politicians where, with no evidence and, and obviously common sense telling you that this, you know, this is different from the way things have been done in the past. I struggle to explain that level of confidence and in-your-face confidence. At the time. Yeah, your your prime your prime minister was one of the best. One of her lines was, "We are the single source of truth." That's effectively, right. she, effectively, she was saying, "I am truth." Uh, we had Dr. Fauci in the U.S. say something similar. He said, "I am science." Basically, I am science, and uh, your prime minister said, "I am truth." This is a kind of look. Anybody with any kind of discernment, and I was on Wall Street, so I'm very cynical. If any CEO ever said something as nonsensical as that. 
I would immediately sell the stock because I know that he's delusional and out of his mind. I'm still trying to explain why those words would be be said. Still struggling with that, I got to say. Uh, they were uh, they they were said either they were they they were delusional and they bought the hype or they were told to say it doesn't matter the the effect is the same. You yeah. can't say something like that uh, uh, without normal people with discernment like you and me questioning that and being very skeptical of everything that comes out of your mouth after those words are, are uttered. And then uh, you being a money market person, you must have been instantaneously curious as to how the numbers were going to start running as this thing sort of, you know, started to roll. Yeah. So I was I, I, initially, I was not going to take the vaccine because I, my Wall Street background gave me a couple uh, things that I guess other people didn't have. I knew that it took seven to ten years for a vaccine to be uh, properly vetted before put it in, putting it into anyone's arm. Seven years of safety data. This was done in 28 days. So I knew that was nonsense. The second thing, it was an experimental novel technology, a new way of delivering a vaccine that had never been done before, never tested on humans. That's number two. And then third, I heard the words Operation Warp Speed, and I know that manufacturing processes done quickly result in errors. So I personally was like, I'm not taking it. And I thought it, I was naively under the uh, assumption that a lot of people would have my, my train of thought and that the vaccine launch would not be successful. What I didn't bank on was the level of propaganda and pressure put on everybody. We've come to find out it was actually a psychological operation. This has come out now. It was a psyop to get you to, to take the vaccine through fear and shaming and making you scared. So when all my loved ones started taking this thing, that's when I said, whoa. Then very quickly after the onset of the uh, administra administration of this vaccine, I started hearing anecdotes. And what I know about statistics is if the vaccine was quote unquote safe, and there are, I mean, every, every medical procedure has adverse events, but they're so rare, you should never hear of an anecdote. Uh, forget one, you shouldn't be hearing multiple. So that set off my alarm bells. So I knew we were in trouble. And uh, eventually uh, I, said to, I said to some people, I'm gonna look into the uh, insurance company data and the funeral home data. Cause that's, you know, you can't hide the numbers if that's, you know, those are just financial results. And sure enough, they started uh, losing money in the second half of 21 and the, and the funeral homes started beating and raising expectations. They thought their numbers would come down as COVID waned, but their numbers kept going up. So that was, that was the beginning. Then I became kind of a media figure and I got a team assembled around me. One of the early participants was Josh Sterling, uh, former Wall Street insurance analyst. We looked at CDC data, we looked at insurance, actuarial data, insurance company results, and we, we saw that something strange was going on. Then I hooked up with two guys from Portugal. We started a firm, the PhD physicists. Both, uh, one, one came from the, uh, the equivalent of the hedge fund world in, in, in the UK. And uh, he wrote a book, Economic Cycles, Debt and Demographics, so he knows numbers. So we started analyzing the uh, disability data in the US. That, that went off the rails starting around February of 2021 rose 3.2 million in 18 months. It was running around 29 to 30 million for the prior four years and 10% increased very quickly. And we found out half of those were employed. Of the 3.2 million, 1.7 million were employed, which shouldn't happen because employed people are generally healthier than, than everybody else. And, uh, and, and we saw 
it was such a break of the trend changes. It was a three standard deviation rate of change, which on Wall Street happens 0.03% of the time. So something was going on. Mm. People were becoming disabled. They weren't becoming disabled in 2020, but all of a sudden in 2021 and 22, it went off the rails. And again, mostly employed. The employed disability rate went up 31%, whereas the general U.S. population disability rate went up uh, 8%. What, what would account for that difference? The only logical explanation to me is the vaccine, um, global vaccination program and mandates. And curiously enough, those not in the labor force, that's a category of people who are able to work, willing to work, but are in between jobs. Um, their health outcomes were the best. They only had 4% increase in their disability, which is, which is odd. Usually when you're out of work, your chances of getting disabled are higher because you get depressed, you drink more, uh, you know, you're, you're not you're not gainfully employed. So it was odd that that happened. And, and, and the numbers are just so big that if it's not the vaccine, which I'm 150 percent convinced it, it is, why is no one talking about these numbers, these excess deaths? The insurance company uh, saw excess deaths of 40 percent between ages 25 and 64, 40 percent. Oh, yeah. 10 percent, 10 percent is a once in a 200 year flood. 40 percent is off the charts. So. We saw these numbers. So it was one of the conclusions I've made is that it's been detrimental to your health to be employed in 2021 and 2022. So something's going on. And if it's not the vaccine, what is it? And why is no one talking about it? That, 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 it's just that simple. You mentioned the group that were kind of between jobs and they were lower, right? In the figures. Is that what they're you were the saying? Yeah, they're the lowest of the groups. Is, uh, you know, the, the, the total U.S. population, the employed and then not in labor force. And not in labor force had the best, uh, the lowest increase in disabilities of 4% during the time period of February of 21 to November of 22. That's interesting. How, how do you explain that? Is that because people who weren't required to have a vaccine to keep their job as they had it at that point didn't feel the same pressure? Is that a, an explanation? No. So I think what we think happened was this. So not in labor force is one of two things. You either got fired right. or you or you quit. You got If you refuse the vaccine, you may have been fired. So you're not in the labor force. And if you oh, quit, because, yep. so these are the people that, that actively said no and either got fired or quit. And they're the ones with the best health outcomes during that time frame. You mentioned Operation Warp Speed. I think a lot of Trump Trump fans have been trying to reconcile their impression of his genius and him pushing that and being what either fooled or or part of rolling out this whole thing. Have you got any thoughts on that? Because he's you know he's he's still there. Here's a, here, here, uh, so I, I voted for Trump both times, but here's the problem: uh, when you make a mistake like this, you have to own it and accept it and pull a 180. He's yet to do any of those things. So I can't support that right now. That's not either he doesn't know or he does know and he can't admit a mistake. And that's not this that, that that's not the sign of a leader. So until he until he pulls a 180, uh, I'm not supporting him. In fact, I'm uh, the co-treasurer on Bobby Kennedy's campaign for uh president. Wow. Okay. Well he's been getting a lot of attention. Yes. He's uh he um he has truth and integrity. It's, it's, I believe future leaders have to have both because uh, we've been ruled by people who are just too compromised and, and, and are unwilling to admit, admit their mistakes. And, um, you know, what, he's, what I think he's doing in this uh, 
presidential run is he's shining uh, light on some things that have happened and truth. And one of his biggest uh, platforms that he's running on is truth and integrity, medical freedom, and and uh, 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 no more censorship. And those are things I can get behind because without those things, all the other issues are kind of kicking around sand in the sandbox. So without freedom of uh, speech and uh, medical autonomy, uh, we we don't have freedom. Is that why Trump came out just a, about a week ago? I heard uh, a clip of him talking about getting to the bottom of what bottom of why you know we're so unhealthy, and he was kind of knocking on the farmer door. He didn't go all you know as far as uh, what, what we're talking about, but he's obviously knows that's that has to be talked about in some way now. Is that because of Bobby Kennedy? It's because of Bobby Kennedy. And Bobby Kennedy's opening uh, de- declaration speech, he mentioned this. I think Trump is tiptoeing in. Trump Trump needs to come clean on all this, admit his mistakes, say we need to ban the vaccine, and he's, then he's got a better shot, in my humble opinion. Uh, and, and, and it's good that Bobby's in the race uh, forcing Trump over to his position. I think it's great. And what, while we're talking politics, what has gone wrong, I'll say it, with the Democrats? They seem to to be cult-like. Yeah, so look, um, the, the traditional Democrats, uh, if you talk to traditional liberals and Democrats that haven't changed, they a lot of them have become conservative by the very nature they haven't changed because their party has gone so far off the rails they didn't leave the party, the party left them. So there's a lot of people that are without a home right now. And that's who Bobby Kennedy is appealing to, who Trump appeals to. They both appeal to those people. But there's a cult-like status and a um, uh, it's, it's kind of an absence of critical thinking. You give over all your decision-making to the group and whatever the group says goes. So, you know, b- before Trump was uh, elected out of office, they all said they weren't going to take the vaccine and that it was Trump's vaccine and it was garbage. Then magically Biden comes in and all of a sudden the vaccine is the thing to do. All of a sudden we attack Ukraine. Mind you, the Democratic Party used to be the anti-war party. Now they're like, oh, we got to go attack Ukraine. And if you say anything bad about Ukraine, you're ostracized. So it's this group thing, cult mentality. I don't know what it is. It, it's, uh, it's a lack of belief in anything spiritual. It's a belief in the state and the group. And that tends to get people in prob- into problems, in my humble opinion. Okay, you mentioned the word spiritual. Um, some of us have been wondering if, if this is all kind of next level in that territory. Well, personally, this is, my, this is my opinion. I, I believe this is a battle of good and evil. And the evil has been hidden behind the scenes for decades. And uh, it finally manifested into a universal um, mandated jab. And, that, and, not, and that's when I... I had known the system was evil for a while, but, you know, obviously I was one man. What can I do about it? But when, they, when it manifested into invading my body personally and that of my family and friends, that's when I stood up and I said, no more, I'm done. And I do believe it's a, it's, it's a battle of good and evil. I, you know, I happen to believe that there's a, a, a person called Satan and there is a God. And, uh, you know, that's that's the battle we're at. And we've, uh, we've we've lost our way the last 40, 50, 60 years. And here we are. And it, does, it doesn't happen all at once. It takes time. And we've got a lot of people that don't believe in anything other than themselves. Well put. OK, so um, looking at uh, the graphs that I have in front of me, the depressing reading, they all go up and up and up. And some of the figures uh, are way more like you say, you know, once in what, a, a 2,000, 3,000 year occurrence if you. Based that that ten percent on every two hundred years, 
it's massive. Um, how high do you think they're going to go? Is there any way that that we can forecast that? Well, the good news is there was a huge so. The, uh, and I'm going to use someone else's data, and these are the employed elite of the U.S. Uh, the Society of Actuaries uh, in 2022, uh, 2021. I'm sorry, there was 40 percent excess mortality. Uh, in 2022, there was 16 percent. So it's come down. The problem is the young people are still dying well above normal. So uh, whatever's going on, young people are dying excessively still. Well, uh, you know, the pandemic's been declared over. Uh, COVID has become a cold, essentially, and this is a problem. We still have disabilities and injuries, and the rate of disabilities has decreased, but it hasn't broken trend. And the injuries, uh, which manifest themselves in in lost work time and absence rates, uh, we found that at the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, they went off the rails in 2022. So what we're worried about is kind of medium-term and long-term effects that kind of keep the excess deaths anywhere between 15 and 25% for a long time. If that's the case, if that's the case, and I'm not saying this, it's a de facto depopulation happening. And we all, we haven't done work on birth rates, but there's a lot of people who are saying and suggesting birth rates are way down. If that's true, we, we have a problem and, you know, it won't happen all at once. It won't be televised, but you know, we're entering a glacial Mad Max. And uh, those of you down under know about Mad Max and uh, yeah, how that manifests. We don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what was I going to uh, ask you? Because you got me with the Mad Max thing there. I'm just visualizing Mel Gibson at, at the front of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that movie, the movie, the first, the original movie. That was yeah, uh, the original yeah, one. Things, yeah, the original one. Things were still kind of you know normal, but becoming decreasingly less so. Yeah. Well, I know the, the, the fuel tanker was the the thing of most value. Oh yeah. Um, yet they still down here the marketing to get jabbed is still full on with everything that people are starting to suspect and know and i and i know that's in other parts of the world as well how do we explain that yeah so look i think this look i've I've experienced fraud a lot in my career corporate fraud and when the ceos of a corporation like enron let's use enron as an example commit fraud they don't admit it until they're in handcuffs so they pretend they act as if everything's fine. Um, I had you know people I knew uh, who rode Enron all the way down to zero because they were big investors and they could have a phone call with the CEO and the CEO would lie to them, uh, despite all the evidence to the contrary that maybe you were holding a stock that had financial fraud. They kept believing, and so the governments of the world that are implicit in this, there's there's no it's inertia. No one wants to admit the error, so they're going to act as if everything's fine. So it's kind of it's cr- classic criminal behavior. Unfortunately, it's been institutionalized. So that they're, they're not going to ever admit this. They're going to just hope it goes away. I suspect one of the reasons your prime minister resigned was she was starting to get an indication of the numbers, and she wanted to be nowhere near this when it blows up. So she's going to be well-positioned in some posh job somewhere when this comes to light. For Offshore. Offshore. Yeah. Offshore. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, the good news is word of mouth spreading. Uh, I was in Australia uh, two weeks ago. There was a great event in Perth. I spoke in front of 2,500 people. Um, I, I went on Sky News the next day, and uh, I was told initially that they weren't going to talk about vaccines, but they brought it up. So I, you know, said what I s- said in very quickly, and uh, they were shocked at the end. I, I think I may have opened up even their minds. So 
you know, this is spreading. I don't know about you, but I get a sense that things are changing quickly, rather quickly. And more yeah. and more people are waking up every day. I get that sense as well, though it doesn't seem quite fast enough at the moment. But like you say, I guess something gives at some point, doesn't it? And suddenly it's like the dam breaching and and, and suddenly there's water flowing everywhere. I'm just waiting for that yeah, moment. Over the weekend, we had an interesting occurrence here in the U.S. So the RFK went on Joe Rogan and did a podcast. He talked about vaccines and he mentioned my book uh, and plugged my book for seven minutes. Then Peter Hotez, who has been on the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, basically accused uh, RFK of being an anti-vaxxer and a fascist and all these name call name calling things. So Joe Rogan said, hey, why don't you uh, debate him on my show? and put up $100,000. And then other people started putting up money. The pot grew to uh, 2.3 million. And Peter said, I don't debate conspiracy theorists. And he ran away. So this is not, the vaccine issue is now starting to like get into the consciousness of, of, of lots of people. And the mere fact he doesn't want to debate is, is screaming uh, to everybody, hey, something's off here. So so word is, I, I do feel like we're near an inflection point. Very, very soon, yeah. maybe the next six months, but we're getting closer and closer. And, you know, I was uh, when I went down to Australia, I wasn't aware, you know, I, those of us in the U.S. think us, us, the Australians were sheep. But what I found out about a million and a half Aussies protested the mandates out of a 25 million population. So, you know, I don't think they're all sheep there. And I think word is spreading quick. And I'm hoping it's spreading as fast in New Zealand as well. Yeah, well, we've had our protests and uh, been treated in a particular way by the authorities. I think we got the sonic weapons that the uh, Aussies got um, directed at them. So that seems to be a new item in the toolkit for controlling crowds. But yeah, it is starting to give a bit. W when we talk about, um, you know, the, these cycles that we started talking about and the debt crisis, I mean, that still lurks, right? That's still there. This big reset is still possible. How do you see that playing out then? Or does it have to be the, the circuit breaker of every, everybody waking up? Well, so I think what's going to happen, this is speculation, and we, we, we put out a report, our team put out a, a report called our inflation report. We're calling for deflation because of the, the, grant, the recession that's coming. And we think that um, as we go into crisis and people are laid off, and people get, get into fear and stock markets start to go down uh, with force. Uh, that's the, and, and there's more bank failures coming, obviously. Uh, we've already had two big ones in the US, you know, so, you know, out of nowhere, just boom. Banks just don't fail out of nowhere. So again, this is not being televised. There'll be more bank failures. I think what's going to happen is people will be in fear, people will be uh, in shock, and then they're going to introduce and float the idea of the central bank digital currency. However, if you want, uh, uh, and, 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 but we'll also give you a universal basic income, basically where you, you're just told to do nothing. Uh, but to get the UBI, you have to attach it to a CBDC. So that'll be the carrot and the stick. That's what, and we think that'll be introduced sometime in the first quarter of 2024, maybe second quarter. So that's our prediction, that, 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 that they're going to kind of shock and awe people with the economic collapse. They'll blame it on some, some exogenous force. Who knows what that'll be? And then they'll uh, offer solutions when people are in the deepest amount of fear. The idea is to not let these people win, though, isn't it? Correct. The good news is we're getting word out. More and more people know about what, what a central bank digital currency is. More and more people know about the vaccine. 
And so any solutions offered by these same blokes won't be appreciated. So that the, we're, in a, we're kind of in a race against time to kind of wake up as many uh, people as possible. And if we get, you know, globally to like 20, 25%, I think we've won. That's enough people. Okay. And to finish up on is the logical thing, accountability for all of this. I mean, in your oh. mind, um, how, how should that be? dealt with and and shown i guess to the world i mean some terrible things crimes have been committed uh, people have done yeah. for these crimes in the past um how hard do they have to be punished to try and signal that it should not happen again well you know here, here, what, what i've been the tip of the spear and basically showing the one of the tips of the spear this, this, the good doctors who initially flagged us they're heroes in my mind all I do is count ones and zeros, dead, not dead, disabled, not disabled, injured, not injured. So I've provided in our team and our website, financetechnologies.com, spelled with the PH, has all of our data. And so we have basically collected the evidence of a crime. How that gets adjudicated, is, is that's, not, that's not in my lane. There needs to be yep. inquiries. There needs to be trials. There needs to be discovery. Uh, who knew what, when? who uh, knew that the vaccine didn't work, but went with it anyways. Why were they mandated? And, uh, you know, there needs to be Nuremberg 2.0 trials, in my humble opinion, where which it's done legally and lawfully. Um, what we don't want is vigilanteism. We don't want people doing anything crazy because that will give the authorities an excuse to call us crazy and clamp down. So we're eventually going to win. And there needs to be a thorough investigation. If there's not, then society just crumbles slowly over time. Would it be fair to say that your life has taken quite a turn recently? <laughs> uh, yeah. If you had told me, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was working at BlackRock, uh, you know, pretty, pretty smug and, you know, happy about myself that I would someday be living on Maui, speaking on Earth Day, April uh, 22nd of 2022 to a bunch of hippies about the vaccines and, and Pfizer I, I would have told you you're crazy, but that's how my life. So my life has turned around and it's been quite the journey. It gives me a lot of, this has been the best job I've ever had. We're doing it for free at the moment, but you know, the, the, the pleasure of this job is helping and being of service to other humans. And what's emerged out of this is a new consciousness in my mind. When, when everybody ran off the cliff on Maui and, you know, was, you know, taking the vaccine and for the mandates, those of us who weren't, you know, I, 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 you know, we're standing at the edge of the cliff. And I look to my left, there's a hippie. I look to my right, there's a vegan. I look over, there's a Hawaiian, there's a black person, there's a, there's a Republican, there's a Democrat. It, it wasn't about any of those labels. It was team humanity. And so that's kind of the new consciousness that's rising. So all these, all these things done to divide us, they're just labels. And we're all connected. We're all human. And we all have basic, uh, you know, wants and needs for freedom of expression. And I'm not living in a world where I'm told what to do, especially with my own body. Ed Dowd, we appreciate the chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Paul. G great being here. And uh, I hope New Zealand uh, uh, gets it going the other way soon. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.